When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to NFL Live presented by Intuit TurboTax. Breaking news into NFL Live. Adam Schefter is reporting that the Raiders are hiring Antonio Pierce as their next head coach after Pierce served as the interim. The team was 3-5 and five under Josh McDaniels, who was then fired. And under Pierce, the Raiders went 5-4, and four, including a stunning 63-21 win over the Chargers and then an upset win over the Chiefs in Kansas City on Christmas Day. Jeff Darlington is with us. Jeff, what more can you tell us about Mark Davis's decision? Well, I can tell you, Hannah, that there are many people within the Las Vegas uh, organization that said, what took so long? Uh, this was in a situation where players felt like he was very popular in the locker room, that they really wanted to see him become the head coach of this team, ultimately did draw interest from the Tennessee Titans for their head coaching vacancy. He had his formal interview with the Raiders on Monday and ultimately has now uh, been offered the job. He will get the job, and ultimately the interim tag will be removed. We can also point out, by the way, that there were a number of players who have been very vocal about wanting him to maintain this job. Max Crosby, even whether joking or not, said he'd ask for a trade if Pierce was not the head coach in this. Josh Jacobs even saying that his future felt more definite uh, when it came to the organization once he realized that he was the interim coach. So we'll see where that goes for Jacobs, the looming free agent. But ultimately, a popular decision within Las Vegas, one that many, again, will certainly uh, be celebrating today. Yeah, and, and it appears like Champ Kelly may get the GM gig. He was in on all the coaching interviews, including Antonio Pierce's on Monday as Dan Orlovsky is here, Mina Kimes is here. We'll talk about all the great divisional matchups in just a bit. But first, Dan, uh, what's your reaction to this news? Yeah, no-brainer. I, I thought this was the right decision for the Raiders. The way that this team played, number one, indifferent of the record, they, they played with way more energy, with way more commitment, commitment, and with way more juice. And, Hannah, you brought up that 5-4 and four record. Three out of those four losses are to playoff teams, and two of them are by three points. So not only is the record good, just the style of football that he got that team to play was completely indifferent. I also love the fact that this likely keeps Patrick Graham, their defensive coordinator there. This defense mm. for the Las Vegas Raiders was a very good defensive unit. If they can get a quarterback and get the offense right – this is a team that could be much better, much quicker than people think. Nina, we see right there that they allowed an average of just 16 points a game. And in those Chargers and, and Chiefs matchups that I mentioned, they had multiple defensive touchdowns. Yeah, that, that's huge. It's one thing for the players to vouch for Pierce the way they did the overwhelming sentiment coming out of the locker room. Don't get me wrong, that's meaningful. But it's another thing for that support to actually manifest itself on the football field, the way yeah. Dan alluded to. This defense played really well the second half of the season, which is notable because I think from a personnel standpoint, they were still at a disadvantage. Um, Patrick Graham, who's a defensive coordinator, I thought did a terrific job. Another name who might get coach, head coaching looks, maybe not this offseason, but the following if he keeps it up. Uh, and now for the Raiders, it really turns to the offense. What are you going to do with offensive coordinator? 
Are you going to look outside for uh, the quarterback of the future? That will be uh, Antonio Pierce's biggest job as the head coach, and it's something that will probably determine whether or not this team is successful moving forward. Yeah, listen, last time they were in this position, Mark Davis let Rich Saccia go. Uh, second time around, similar situation. Uh, he went with a coach that the players wanted. All right, so moving along, and congratulations to Antonio Pierce. We now go to Buffalo for the first time in the Mahomes and Allen rivalry. The Chiefs are coming to Orchard Park for the postseason. Those quarterbacks have met six times. The Bills have won three out of four in the regular season. Most recently in week 14, they also won. Could have gone the other way maybe if not for the infamous Kadarius Tony offsides call, wiping out a spectacular go-ahead play for the Chiefs. But including that win, the Bills are 7-1 since Joe Brady took over as their offensive coordinator. The biggest difference has been a commitment to the run game, something we've been asking for since the preseason. The Bills have run the ball on 47. 7% of their offensive plays, the highest rate in the NFL, averaging over 153 rushing yards per game, third in the NFL. And Jeff, let's start with you on this matchup because we do have some key injuries here. What's the latest, beginning with the Bills' top two receivers? Yeah, let's start with Stephon Diggs, Hannah, because this was, I don't want to say alarming, but certainly something we should be monitoring. Now, he was limited in practice uh, with a foot injury that had popped up actually in the team's most recent win, but ultimately uh, it seemed to worsen on Thursday, according to the head coach, Sean McDermott. Now, he will play in this game, not in jeopardy of missing the game, but something to watch. Gabe Davis, you see here, is out with that knee injury. Uh, Legereus Sneed also limited with a calf injury the past few days, but does not sound like somebody who's going to miss this game. Rather, somebody with a very heavy chip on her shoulder and wants to prove that he is, in fact, the best cornerback in the league. So we'll keep an eye on Diggs and Sneed, but at this point, both guys should be on the field. And listen, Sunday. they're really banged up on defense, and Jeff, I know we're going to cover that later. First, let's talk about that yep. offense. They're going to face Steve Spagnolo's defense on Sunday. You know he's going to have some good stuff dialed up, Dan. Uh, what should they expect? Yeah, I think, first of all, Josh and this offense cannot forget about any time or any kind of pressure on early downs. Like, Spags will bring all-out pressure, which is not normal on first or second down. So, preparation for that. But most importantly, they cannot think, and Josh cannot think, hey, on third downs, I'm going to know what's coming. You won't. This is a Rolodex type of game where you just get the play call and you go from there because I promise you, you are going to see things defensively in this game that you've never seen before. So, as a quarterback, you sit there pre-snap, and Josh is going to go, well, okay, it looks like there's going to be two safeties deep. That's fine. And then you're trying to figure out what the underneath coverage is going to be. It's either man or zone. And the way they initially line up, you're like, okay, it looks like it's going to be man coverage underneath with two safeties deep. And then as the play goes, those safeties start to show, well, no, 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 it's not going to be two. They're going to drop down and have one safety in the middle field. So then your mind goes, well, I know exactly what they're going to do. They're going to play man coverage underneath with one safety deep. And then motion goes, ball gets snapped, and it goes back to a different thing. Those safeties switch. They're actually going to play with two safeties deep. If you try to figure this out, you're done. you got to play fast with your eyes and trust your instinct. Not only that, when they play 250 deep, it is man coverage underneath. Now, Josh is trying to think in a world of, like, perfection. You can't. You just have to trust what your eyes are telling you because the caveat is this. Chris Jones doesn't even rush. So you're playing from two safety to one safety, now back to two safeties, man coverage underneath with only a three-man rush. And if you try to be perfect, it forces misses like you see with Tua. The next play is absolutely diabolical. Again, pre-snap, you're sitting here going, okay, there's two safeties. I'm going to get middle field open, and you're trying to diagnose, is it going to be man coverage underneath? That's kind of who the Chiefs are. Now, as this play 
runs itself and you're sitting there go, okay, if you're trying to figure out exactly what's going to happen and have the perfect play card, you're going to be in trouble. Motion goes, right? When the motion goes, you can see this communication happen. So as that receiver goes and that communication happens, you're going, okay, now it looks like there's, there's maybe one or no safeties in the middle field, and then the ball gets snapped, and this is where it gets diabolical. You have a double team on Tyreek Hill. Remember that receiver that was going in motion? There's another double team on number one and number two wide receiver while also shading a safety over to that side. You've never seen this before as a quarterback, so if you're trying to figure it out, it's night-night Irene. Now here's the last part. It's a two-man rush. Sometimes we see three-man rush in the NFL, very rarely a two-man rush with that linebacker spying you. That's exactly so. If Josh is going to try to play in this role of perfection, it's going to be a lot of difficulty. Josh Allen, you got to put your foot in the ground and go run for a touchdown. Tua tries to be perfect here, come off, incomplete pass to Tyreek Hill. So it's going to be really important. Josh is such a competitive dude, and Joe Brady is such a great play caller. If you try to get the perfect play call in these situations – it's paralysis by analysis. So in many ways, this is a Rolodex uh, situation. You call good plays. You trust that your quarterback's going to trust his instincts. And if it's not there, that's when the playmaking has to kind of show itself. Because what the Chiefs defense wants to do is they don't get a lot of interceptions. Mm-hmm. They try to get you to hold it for one second. If you hold it with that doubt and try to figure it out, that's how they lead in so many categories sack-wise. Yeah, they're like 27th in yeah. interceptions. Mina, what are you seeing? Uh, well, I, I'm seeing some pretty creatively. I don't even know how you describe half of the things that no Steve Spagnuolo did in that game. That day. I was like, it's yeah. like an invert, and there it's like a three-man rush. Uh, what struck out, what struck, stuck out to me watching though some of those looks, and it'll be different, of course, against Buffalo is against Miami, especially when they were playing man underneath. If Tuatunga Valoa was a threat to run, he would have been able to punish them at times. Yep. You, you highlighted one of them, and of course, we know that uh, Josh Allen is very much so a threat to one. And if these pressures don't get home, he will happily break the pocket, uh, as he does so often in the postseason when his carries and yards after contact essentially double. And I, and I think that creates a, a compromised situation or some conflicts, rather, for the second level of the Chiefs' defense. Um, because even if you're pausing for a split second or you're assigning someone with spy responsibilities, what Joe Brady has shown is the willingness to attack, uh, basically attack that uncertainty with James Cook as a pass catcher. I went back and when I was watching week 14, what struck out to me, other than the emphasis on the run, was how they used Cook, um, not just on screens and and little option routes, but as like a real wide receiver taking advantage of matchups. And I would like to see the same in this game because I think the Bills' offense against Mm -hmm. the Chiefs' defense, that might be one of their biggest advantages outside of Josh's legs. Yeah, because you look at Cook's numbers in that game, Mina, 58 rushing yards, but 83 receiving yards in that win in Week 14. Lots more coming up on this game, including our picks, which are pretty interesting, I think, later in the show. Meanwhile, the divisional round gets started in about 24 hours right here on ESPN and ABC. Texans at the top-seeded Ravens, and for that, we check in on the Domino's pregame headquarters with Jeff Darlington, whose headquarters right now are in South Florida. Lovely, before he heads to Buffalo. All right, Jeff, the Ravens uh, haven't had Mark Andrews since mid-November. What are the chances that Lamar Jackson's security blanket is actually going to suit up for this game against the Texans? You know, Hannah, I mean, fascinating that Mark Andrews is even in this position. He was designated to return, so he's able to practice, and he's been doing so in full capacity this week. Now, the question is, will he be activated off of IR to take one of those roster spots and ultimately play? 
This sounds like one that's, uh, I don't know, down the middle right now. John Harbaugh saying, we'll see where this goes. Again, if you just look at practice, practicing in full capacity, that's all good. Uh, but it, to me, it feels like something we should watch. He could wind up not being activated and then maybe later in the round if the Ravens win. Dalvin Cook, on the other hand, will play in this game. And he's pretty pumped about the fact that he had the bye week to dig into the playbook. We obviously know he didn't have much of a role with the Jets. So he feels like he's got fresh legs coming into the postseason. Uh, he will, again, have a role on this team in the running game. Obviously something that feels pretty important. We'll see if Cook can muster up some of the highlights that he used to show us back when he was in Minnesota. Pretty cool. He plans to wear number 31, the same number as their all-time leading rusher, Jamal yeah. Lewis. I guess he asked Lewis, and Lewis said, fine, you have my blessing. So he really liked that. All right, uh, Jeff, back with you in a bit. One area where this Ravens offense could really have an advantage, the play-action passing game. Baltimore used play action at the seventh highest rate in the NFL this season. We've been talking about it all year on this show. Lamar Jackson, absolutely excellent when doing so, ranking second in the league in QPR. Uh, he looks to take advantage of that. Texans defense actually allowed the second highest QBR against yeah. play action this season. So, Mina, how is that going to play out in this chess match between uh, Todd Monk and, and D'Amico Ryans? Well, you know what's interesting, Hannah? Last week, Dan and I talked about the Browns against the Texans, how much better the Browns were at play action, yeah. how bad the Texans' defense was. But in that game, Dan, uh, D'Amico Ryans made some really smart adjustments, especially as the game went on, started playing more split safety, using disguise, playing the pass more aggressively than the run, and they were able to shut that down. Unfortunately... You can't do that against Baltimore because if you give them those late boxes the way they did against Cleveland, they will punish you on the ground. And because of that, I suspect uh, this Texans defense will not uh, aggressively play the pass in this one. And I think Baltimore should punish them early on with the play action, targeting them downfield, uh, regardless of what they see, because that is something that they've been very good at all season. It is a strength of theirs, and I would lean into it without fear because I think they have an advantage with their pass catchers against the Texans safeties. I totally agree. I think they should be aggressive with the football down the field in any type of pass game. I think when they play that split safety, and Houston's very good at it. I don't want to make any mistake about it. They're very good, but there are ways where you think we could take advantage of it. One, you got to be aggressive with a shot versus what we call their palms defense. Palms is quarters defense, okay? Quarter of the field in zone. But it can be cover two where that corner sits if their slot receiver does something. Now, that slot receiver, if he goes vertical, because guys, those guys have vision on him. If he goes vertical, it stays cover four. If he goes to the out or towards that corner right now, that corner becomes a flat cover guy. Safety gets over the top. If you watch this clip for Zindi and you see this, you got to throw that ball outside. you got to take your shot down the field. If I was Baltimore, I would have a play that looks just like that early on, and I would tell Lamar, we're throwing the goal ball to Zay Flowers. Mm -hmm. I think the second thing is, when Houston's going to play man coverage, and it's not something they love to do, you got to switch release them, and you have to get crossers running away. Get those linebackers to have to cover backs and the corners to run from offsets or trailing from behind. Third thing, when they play their single high zone, it's a very good defense. You have to attack their seams. I think they're a very well-coached defense. But you can get in that seam if you pump fake or use your eyes if you're Lamar Jackson and hit an Isaiah Likely or even an Odell who have become these really smart, great feel pass catchers for Baltimore's offense. This is not going to be easy, but there are mm -hmm. opportunities for Lamar Jackson. And this, this is the thing. Two years ago, three years ago, couldn't have been done for Baltimore. They didn't have the, the scheme or yeah. the people, Mina. I think now 
they can come out aggressive in this football game down the field. Yeah, both teams are really different than what we saw in week one, though. Yeah. We have to keep that in mind. That seems like a lifetime ago. Ravens won that one 25 to 9. We have more on this game. We also have our picks coming up. I have a feeling I'm going to be on an island there. Uh, we're just getting started on NFL Live. Yeah, coming off a perfect game against the Cowboys. Jordan Love faces a very tough test in the Niners. Can he possibly pull off another upset? We discuss. And after winning their first playoff game in over 30 years, can Detroit continue their run? Mina tells us how. What if in 2024 you got a little bit better every day? When you're learning a new language with Babbel, that's exactly what you're doing. And if Babbel can help you start speaking a new language in just three weeks, imagine what you could do in a full year. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Try Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are designed by over 200 language experts to help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. It's designed by real people for real conversations. Babbel's tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching, so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. They have over 16 million subscriptions sold. Plus, all of Babbel's 14 award-winning language courses are backed by their 20-day money-back guarantee. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get 60% off your Babbel subscription, but only for our listeners at babbel.com tackle. Get 60% off at babbel.com tackle. Spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash tackle. Rules and restrictions may apply. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. After a loss to the Steelers back in week 10, the Packers were just 3-6. and six. The playoffs seemed like a long shot, but oh no. Green Bay has gone 7-2 and two since then, including last week's dominant win over the Cowboys. Jordan Love leads the NFL in QBR during the stretch. He's thrown 20 one touchdowns, just one interception over the last nine weeks. It is one of the great stories in the NFL this season. Matt LaFleur working under Kyle Shanahan for three different teams. Now they go head-to-head. -head. Uh, this is so much fun, Mina. How should the Packers game plan against that Niner star-studded defense? Yeah, you know, Hannah, I think they've got a couple of matchup advantages in mm -hmm. this one. I'll start here. Niners defense is very good. They're excellent against the pass. They're kind of soft against the run. You can line up and center and run it on them. Now, if Eric mm -hmm. Armstead's back, that makes a difference. But even so, that is something that Green Bay does exceptionally well, especially with Aaron Jones back, um, just get under center and give him the football. So I, I would start there and be patient with the run game and everything that flows from that, especially the way they use misdirection. And then the other thing I like about this Packers offense that I think will help them here. Uh, is that uh, they're sort of target agnostic. There are so many young skill players who get the football. Uh, nine different Packers receivers have been the leading receivers uh, in different games this year, which is the most of the NFL. So for Matt LaFleur, uh, what that enables him to do is essentially 
avoid Traverius Ward, to be honest, if yeah. you want to go hunt Ambry Thomas. Uh, the Niners usually play sides, so he'll be able to get the matchups he wants, and they have a lot of skill players, I think, who they can turn to to take advantage of that. MK, one of the games that stands out against San Francisco for me is the Cardinals game. And the Cardinals just kept mm, running yeah. that pin-pull scheme where they would pin down from the outside and pull people and ga gather the edges. I also think like when you're playing against elite defenses, which San Francisco is, and you're trying to find a way where you can make it easy on everybody and kind of create explosive plays, mm -hmm. the screen game. And one of the things that they've gotten a lot better at during this season – is running screens. Beginning of the year, they were awful at it. And I think it's a way where you can get after San Francisco a little bit. Wow. They're a great defensive that. line. But this defense that loves to run side to side, you've got to screen them. You've got to make this defensive line try to get upfield, retrace, whether it's a drop back screen, perimeter screen, play action screen. Everyone knows that I love the play action screen. So I think that's something like, agree, running the football, but taking a little bit pressure off of this offensive line to hold up on a consistent basis if you, if I was Green Bay and Matt Lafleur, I would run eight screens this game. I would try mm. to run two screens a quarter because if you hit two of them, it could completely swing the game, explosive play-wise. Love how Matt Lafleur has been able to really call his offense. I think with now with Jordan Love in mm -hmm. there he's in place of Aaron Rodgers, he's it's just his offense, and he's done a great job. But more to that running game, AJ Dillon has missed Green Bay's last two games, Jeff. So what can you tell us about his status for tomorrow? Well, I had a little good news, bad news here in the sense that A.J. Dillon has been, has still missed practice this week, but ultimately was able to practice in a limited capacity on Thursday, giving some hope about his availability. Uh, that being said, he has missed the last two games with the thumb and the neck issues. He had his thumb wrapped up to be able to be on the practice field. Again, good news there. But there's also a sense here that uh, maybe they don't necessarily uh, need him right now. Aaron Jones kind of being that bell cow back for the team. So we'll see if Dylan can be on the field. And if so, perhaps he'll have some fresh legs after missing the last couple of weeks. And maybe then he can have his impact. All right. So while we do something with your mic, Jeff, I'm not exactly sure I what. I think, did you? Yeah. I don't, do you guess. not have your mic on, Jeff? I, I bet you $10. You don't did have you set it, it down? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, buddy. <laughs> In there. Okay. In there. All right. It happens to the best You're of us. Still cold. All right, all right. Time. Let's let's check out our picks. We are all on the Niners, but interestingly, Mina, I mean, you joined Jeff here, but weigh in because you think this young Packers team is going to play them close. Looking at your I score, I, I do. I've got the Niners, so don't get mad at me, Niners fans. But I, I think Jordan Love is playing out of his mind right now. Like I, I, we're talking about the scheme and how good Matt Lafleur is, but there were also so many moments in the game where he goes above and beyond the scheme and makes bonkers throws and I yeah. think he'll do so man I mean for what they did in Dallas I would not doubt them at all but if the Niners linebackers play well yeah will hang okay man Niners are favored by nine and a half all right uh, let's stick with this game for our DraftKings Sportsbook same game parlay with Mina so over under 264 and a half yards in the air for Brock Purdy where are you going that's way over. Uh, Brock Purdy, second most yards per game in the NFL, over 300 this year. Don't be fooled by what the Packers' defense did against Dallas. They are ripe to be exploited, especially over the middle of the field. All right, you were talking about that running game. So yeah. over under 69 and a half rushing yards for Aaron Jones, Mina. I'm actually going under. So Ooh. I want to be clear. The San Francisco run defense isn't good, but that's more of a, like, they let offenses grind out, uh, you know, efficient runs, but they don't grind out explosive runs. So I don't think it'll be a, a high 
total yardage for Aaron Jones, even though I think he will be effective on the ground. Okay, how about this one? Over under 58 and a half receiving yards for Debo Samuel. This is an over for me. Uh, I think they will use him to attack the aforementioned middle of the field where the Green Bay mm -hmm. Packers defense is weak. Uh, linebacker, this is about in line with his average, but this feels to me like a big Debo Samuel game. I also think he'll pick up significant yards after the catch versus the Packers defense that struggles with tackling. It's going to be so interesting. They're rested and they are ready to go, those Niners. All right, Mina, back with you in just a bit. Patrick Mahomes prepares to play his first road playoff game in his career, not counting those neutral sites at the Super Bowl. Dan is going to show us how taking the ball out of his hands may be the best way for the Chiefs to win. Okay, Dan. All right, that's a tease. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jet's signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jet's Pizza. Better because it has to be. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jet's Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jet's is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. It's Divisional Round Weekend, and we have breaking news in NFL Live. Adam Schefter is reporting that the Raiders are hiring Antonio Pierce as their next head coach. After he served as their interim, the team was 3-5 and five under Josh McDaniels, who was subsequently fired. And under Pierce, the Raiders went 5-4, and four, including a stunning 63-21 win over the Chargers. That was followed by an upset win over the Chiefs in Kansas City on Christmas Day. And just moments ago, Raiders star our pass rusher Max Crosby expressing his feelings about the hiring, tweeting out a very simple, let's work. Uh, Mad Max had threatened to request a trade if Pierce wasn't named head coach of the team. Uh, Jeff Darlington with more on Mark Davis's decision, which was not unexpected and which was very popular, I would imagine, Jeff. Very popular. That tweet from Max Crosby says it all I, I, in, in a sense that last week on his podcast, Max Crosby did even say that anything was on the table if the team decided to go in a different direction than Pierce. Ultimately, the team did go with him. He had his formal interview on Monday. Pierce had also drawn interest from the Tennessee Titans for their head coaching uh, vacancy. But ultimately, he will stay with the Raiders where he was the interim coach after Josh McDaniels was fired this season. A very popular decision 
in the Raiders locker room. Yeah, next step for them, will Champ Kelly be the GM? He was in on that interview and other coaching interviews. What are they going to do uh, on the offensive side of the ball? Jeff, back with you in just a sec. Meanwhile, the Lions will be in the limelight on Sunday and during this season. The Lions hadn't won their division since 1993. They had not won a playoff game since before that. Back in 1991, they put an end to both of those droughts. And next on the list, a trip to the NFC Championship game. Uh, the Lions could secure that, believe it or not, with a win over the Bucks on Sunday. Dan, the man, how do you see Ben Johnson trying to attack that aggressive Todd Bowles defense? Mina, if I asked you, Tampa Bay's defense, where do they rank uh, kind of handling teams who motion? It's very bad. Okay. Uh, the worst in the NFL Bingo. when they pass. Bingo. Yeah. So Bingo. I, I would think that plays into a massive advantage for Detroit offensively, not only because Tampa Bay struggles with it, it's very much so a principal part of their offense. Yeah. And now the thing that I like about it is it's, it's not necessarily just in one style of play. Sometimes they do it to get drop back quick games. Sometimes they do it to open up their perimeter game and change the leverages of a defense. And I think it's going to be really important. One of the ways that you can gather information for your offense is you motion a guy. And if a team that wants to pressure a ton doesn't react, you know that blitz is coming. And I think Ben Johnson early on in this football game will motion a ton early try to gather some of the information of who Tampa is going to try to defend with and or pressure and definitely try to hurt them over the top yeah you kind of throw on the Eagles tape and say do everything different from what you saw there sorry Eagles fans uh you're like really we're still talking about this no um the motion is one aspect of that of course the Eagles don't use it the Lions use it a lot the other thing is having a plan against the blitz obviously it's Tampa in particular, the zone blitzes that they do, which is something that the Lions are very good at. Uh, Jared Goff, in, in, in particular this year, second highest completion percentage, third lowest sack percentage against the blitz. Some of that is Goff's quick release. Some of it is the protection plan. A lot of it is Amon Ross St. Brown yeah. working over the middle of the field. He is so good, Dan, mm. at finding those voids. And then picking up yards after the catch. It's a big part of the reason why, in addition to their use of motion, I think Detroit has a matchup advantage on that side of the ball. You know what, real quick, too, I also think I could see Jamison Williams over the top early on yeah. Dean. Jamel Dean's a really good corner. He's also wildly nosy. He's very he'll physical. Bite. Yeah, Double he'll bite. Like, yeah. Exactly. I love that description. Now, Dan, of course, as all of America knows, even when it wasn't <laughs> fashionable, has been on the Lions bandwagon long before the rest of us until last week yeah, when literally everyone including Dan picked against Detroit we, you Dan's see former how team. bad it was we knew yeah. we knew like, we, we knew and I also picked Detroit by or the Rams by a point Hannah like a uh, point I mean Mina this is just inexcusable obviously the Lions Dan's former team felt so come on Dan Orlovsky after they beat the Rams <laughs> we deserve it we deserve Dan, it fine. Dan how could you I was emotionally in a bad spot I was picked between like <laughs> The team that drafted me and the organization that I, I owed so much to and love and a dear friend of mine. And I thought the Rams were better. I thought the Rams would win. Well, the Lions won by a point. Maybe you pick a tie next time if you're that conflicted. Okay, we are all picking the Lions. We're all on the Lions. Okay, there now what go, the Lions, Detroit. Right? Oh, yeah. Right? I don't know. I don't feel good about it. I don't feel good about it. Like, you don't, I don't, you don't? don't feel good about this pick. Usually, Hannah, Why? on this show, when we all pick one team, I know. they lose. That's, That's true. Not, come on, Dan. You're superstitious. Point, wow. <laughs> I'm not How superstitious. You. <laughs> only this. What's the all scores right. like? Oh, see, Still I pick the Lions by a point. I am not worried. <laughs>
And speaking of teams I'm not worried about, how about the Texans? You're not worried about yeah. the Texans? Um, no, because I, unlike you, I'm not a fair weather fan. Wow. Dan. I'm saying if wow. I have a team, yeah. I stick with it. Jeez, that's a, that's a characteristic flaw. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. The postseason NFL countdown crew has you covered for the divisional round tomorrow at 2 Eastern live from M&T Bank Stadium in Baltimore, where it'll be in the 20s Sunday at noon Eastern right here on ESPN and the app. As Jeff Darlington is back with us now for all the latest injury news. Uh, Packers cornerback Jair Alexander game time decision came back to be a key player in that win over the Cowboys. Uh, what's the latest with his injured left ankle going into this Niners matchup, Jeff? Well, Hannah, Jair Alexander was dealing with those injuries during the game, and they felt like actually things sort of worsened this week, ultimately uh, causing him to not practice partially this week, didn't practice Wednesday or Thursday. The shoulder injury was what he had injured in that game, and then really got worse on Thursday. So we're keeping a close eye on this. It would surprise me if he didn't play, but still something to obviously monitor given how important Alexander is to this defense. Now, we mentioned uh, Mark Andrews earlier in this show. Uh, I, I said that I didn't feel great about the idea of him actually being activated off of the IR, to, despite the fact that he was able to practice this week in full, and ultimately he was not activated. So he will miss this game. The good sign of this, though, is that because he was designated to return, uh, if the Ravens do advance, it feels like Andrews would be at least in a position to play in perhaps the championship game. Marlon Humphrey, on the other hand, ruled out versus the Texans, dealing with a calf injury. He hadn't practiced all week. It didn't look great for Humphrey. Ultimately, it is not great. He will not play in this game, Hannah. Okay, Jeff, much more from you coming up. But speaking of the Ravens and the Texans, you can catch all that action right here in about 24 hours. Our AFC Divisional Round matchup comes your way at 4.15 Eastern on ABC, ESPN, ESPN Deportes, and ESPN+. Plus. Coverage begins with postseason NFL countdown at 2 Eastern on ESPN and ABC. C.J. Stroud will face a very tough test tomorrow against this Ravens defense, allowing only 16.5 points per game this season. Best in the NFL, Stroud will be the fourth rookie quarterback to face the number one scoring defense in the playoffs. And in each of the previous three instances, that rookie quarterback did lose the game. Now, Stroud faced the Ravens in his NFL debut back in week one, and although he struggled in that game, Ravens linebacker Patrick Queen was still very impressed with Stroud.
Week one was practically an entire season ago, but Stroud's M.O. has been that he doesn't get rattled, that no moment is too big for him. What does he have to look out for this time around when facing the Ravens? Can't get frustrated. One of the things that has been so impressive to watch with C.J. is some of those wow, just pocket throws. That is not going to be the case this week. Yeah. You, you, like th this week, you are going against the best zone defense in football. Checkdowns are going to have to be a part of your game. They're going to have to be your friend. And I know it's not wow, and I know it's not sexy, but if I was Bobby Slowick, his play caller, and Gerard Johnson, his quarterback coach, I'm stressing that to him. The depth of those linebackers that Baltimore plays with, they almost bait you or entice you to try to make some of those throws that you're so accustomed to. You just can't. And it's going to be so important for him to understand, like, sometimes the check down is just the only throw because it's the right throw. And that is something Sean McVay used to talk to Jared Goff all about when he was a younger player. I think that's got to be a focus of his mind is can you just matriculate the ball down the field, keep yourself in this game, and don't get this game one-sided. If you can get this game to the fourth quarter, then, like, then those wild throw moments show. I think – Two things have to happen for uh, CJ to move the ball effectively. One, how he handles the simulated pressures, not playing too fast. We've talked about this all season long with the Ravens. Uh, week one, they had him in a bit of a blender. I don't think that'll happen this time. But he needs to maybe hang in there a tick longer than he's comfortable at points and wait for uh, those voids to open up. Uh, and then the other thing is, I totally agree with Dan's point about checking it down. But I also think... There will be opportunities to hit Nico Collins downfield, especially with Marlon Humphrey out. Uh, I expect the Ravens to probably give whoever's on Collins safety help. Wouldn't be surprised if you see a lot of cover six stand with yep. uh, the cover two side and the safety shaded over to Collins. Yeah. What happens in that case is the whole shot will be there. And, and if CJ can hit a couple of those in key moments and trust Collins, who's a fantastic at the catch point, by the way, to win – I think that they can hit on some explosives that way because Nico Collins actually, I think, I'm not sure there's any Ravens cornerback who really can cover him. They'll, yeah. they'll have help, but he is quite a load, and we've seen that uh, throughout the season. I would love to see your final point on third down, no huddle. One of the ways to do that, you get onto the ball. It yeah. doesn't allow the simulated pressure call to come in. You can quick snap the defense so the rush isn't that big a deal. And then there's those opportunities where you might catch a safety sneaking up too tight and you could take that shot downfield. I love that point. All right, let's take a look at our picks for this one. Unsurprisingly, I'm the only one taking the Texans. I've been riding them all season. I've been beating that drum. And now people are finally seeing how good I they are. I feel better about the pick, though, now. <laughs> well, <laughs> we're all picking a close game, though. I, I think out of respect for how good Houston is. Yeah, there you go. I like it. Finally, getting some respect. Love it, They're a good team, Hannah. All right, I know. Patrick Mahomes prepares to play his first road playoff game in his career. Dan the Man is back to show us how taking that ball out of Patrick's hands might just be the best way for the Chiefs to get this win. Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac, weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And... Boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good! The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. 
Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. NFL Live is presented by Intuit TurboTax. Make your moves. We will make them count. Sunday's matchup between the Chiefs and the Bills in Buffalo will mark the first time in Patrick Mahomes' career that he plays a postseason game on the road. All 15 of his previous starts were either at home or at a neutral site for the Super Bowl. That's the longest streak in NFL postseason history. In his career, Mahomes has only played in Buffalo once. That was during the 2020 season when there weren't any fans in the stands due to COVID. Bills offensive tackle Deion Dawkins says it's going to be very different on Sunday. Pat there, I mean, poking the bear a little bit. Well, Cincinnati did that with Burrowhead. That didn't turn out too well. Yeah. Uh, Jack, <laughs> the Bills defense is dealing with several injuries as well. What's the latest? Bit of the story of the season, Hannah, and ultimately they'll have to deal with it again if they're going to advance on into the postseason. Take a look at some of these injuries that the Bills are dealing with here. And I'm an optimistic person, so let's start with the good one here first. Terrell Bernard right now, questionable with the ankle injury, but he still, he wants to see how it's going. But there is some positive signs there that he ultimately could wind up playing. This is an ankle injury that he had hurt in December, popped up again. So we'll see if he can get through that. But you see it here. Benford is out with the knee injury. Not great there. The cornerback position has just been hit so hard already this season. Rasul Douglas also questionable with the knee injury. Johnson in concussion protocol as well. So, I mean, it, the hits just keep coming for this Bills defense, yep. and they keep finding a way to battle through it. We'll see if they can do it this time again against the Chiefs. Yeah, I mean, must win after must win for this team. So how did the Chiefs go after that banged-up defense, Mina? Yeah, I mean, Andy Reid takes out his red marker and circles the backups, which sounds obvious, but I, I, I really <laughs> think right. we're getting to the point where that is no so doubt. crucial because this Bills defense, they've been like a Jenga tower. They keep taking out pieces, and it, it stays up, and that's a credit to that staff and Sean McDermott, and I have been wrong, by the way, call, saying it was over before, but this, this feels pretty significant, uh, and I think there are things explicitly that Andy Reid can do to go after them, you know, Christian Bedford being out, so you line up Rasheed Rice outside rather than keeping him away from Taron Johnson, who's their excellent slot corner, provided, of course, he plays. Attacking the middle of the field, the linebacker position, we'll see who plays there. Wraps there, it's likely they're going to play more nickel, less dime, which they've been doing more often. Um, and if they come out, I, I think, in nickel, I think they'll be able to run the ball as well. Screens mm -hmm. to Pacheco will be a huge factor in this game, something that the Chiefs are very good at. It's just about matchup. I know I've probably said the word matchup like 600 times today, but the playoffs are about matchups. And in this game in particular, Dan, it feels like those individual matchups that they can hunt matter so much. Yeah, and I think a big deal is if Buffalo has those injuries, really the way that they stay in this game is those edge rushers got to wear out the tackles yeah. that have struggled. Now, 
In contrast, I think that Kansas City lives with tight ends on the field. One, they're reliable. Two, they help with so much in protection. Agreed. 12 personnel, one back, two tight ends. That tight end at the bottom of the screen, while as a wide receiver alignment, he can chip. And then Pacheco could be in that chip situation. Buffalo loves to play zone. This is a Travis Kelsey feel game where he could peek to the outside. And even though he has that out route, well, there's bad guys over there. White jerseys, don't run there. Just curl up. Patrick sees it the same way. I love the fact that they motioned him a little bit last game to get him going. They have that tight end in line. Pacheco's actually attached to Patrick Mahomes' hip. He's going to help in protection with that tight end. They actually play fake to the wide receiver. And again, you see the opportunity for Travis Kelsey to just live in zone. If Buffalo is going to play zone, this is a Kelsey and Rasheed Rice game where you those guys and their feel and understanding match up the same way. I would not expect or be surprised if they play with 13. One back and three tight ends. Put three of them on the field. Again, Pacheco is so good in protection that he yeah. can help those struggling tackles. And then Patrick Mahomes, I think the thing that stands out about these tight ends is he lives in a world where he trusts all of them. There's Noah Gray for a corner route. I just think with those tight ends, they're viable pass catchers. They can help almost every single play in protection. And with, with those injuries, again, like unless Leonard Floyd and Epinesa and Vaughn go off on the edges – I just think it's a tall task for this defense. I loved Mina's analogy of that defense being like a Jenga tower, oh, okay. but apparently the three of us <laughs> think that tower oh is going to come crashing down. Yeah, we are all, all of us on the Chiefs in this one. Those mafia, yes, I'm sorry, Mina. man. It's we got to start injuries. talking before Mina, these shows. We will adjudicate shows. that on Monday. You are watching the NFL Live presented by Intuit TurboTax. Time for one more thing. As we mentioned, Jeff will be at this game. So let's take a look at the forecast in Buffalo. It's going to be 22 degrees. Oh, Real feel of game? seven. Winds up to 18. Nothing. Nobody. Nobody does misery in the cold weather like Jeff. Uh, <laughs> Jeff, what do you have planned for Buffalo this weekend? If you, if you go uh, in that dead on tarp that, again, is, dude. This is warm. I'm not going in the pad. I don't need the tent. It's not below zero, Florida Dan. Boy. Relax, Jeff. Dan. Jeff, it's you're fine. not tough. Dan. Let's just say that. <laughs> not tough enough for Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today.